Hello and welcome to the Marketers and Meetup podcast. My name is Joe Glover and today we're going to be hearing a talk from Charlotte Travers. She works for a company called Social Bee. In this talk, Charlotte discusses recruitment in 2019 and why finding marketeers in 2019 feels a little bit like Tinder. In this talk, Charlotte breaks her activities down into three sections and provides both experience and insight on how to improve things as you're hiring your next marketeer. It's a really interesting talk and I know that you're going to enjoy it. I want to say a big thank you to Baz from Bravo Marketing for putting together these podcasts, but also for being a freaking legend and just generally really being you know, a real rock during this whole time of uh, a change in the marketing meetup with our accelerated growth. If you'd like to know more about Bravo Marketing, um, head to bravomarketing.co.uk. They're people who specialise specifically in driving results from content and uh, yeah, I really couldn't be more grateful for this partnership. If you also want anything more from the marketing meetup, head to themarketingmeetup.com. There's loads of great content there loads of interesting stuff to interact with, but also the latest events that you can interact with and come down to. You're really most welcome whenever you want. It's all about community. It's all about helping each other. We're only really interested in your growth. So that's just what we want to facilitate. And events is a great way to do that. So that's it from me. All that's left to say is I really hope you enjoy this talk from Charlotte. lovely <laughs> um, like Joe's mentioned and there is a theme coming through already which is fantastic because um, I was worried no one would want to hear about recruitment but here we are um, so the theme is recruitment um, but specifically from my perspective it's about why recruitment feels a little bit more like tinder so just a quick show of hands before we we crack on who here in the last six months has recruited or tried to recruit amazing I'm in the right place, that's good. Um, I won't ask the other side, but there could be here people here that are also looking for jobs, and I've got tips for both sides. Um, the reason I won't ask is because it's a small town and your boss <laughs> could hear about it, so um, we'll keep that on the down low for now. Um, also, speaking of small town, I've used examples from actual CVs that we've received, but I have studied the attendee list, so none of you are in it. <laughs> Unless you didn't RSVP, so that's the price that you pay if you don't tell Joe you're going to be here. So yes. here we are. <laughs> so things I've seen recently in the recruitment world, candidates playing the fields, candidates ghosting, people keeping their options open. Um, it's something that is completely reminiscent of the dating world and the recruitment world. Um, there's a lot of interest we've found, but just not a lot of commitment. Now, just to give you a little bit of context, my name is Charlotte and I'm Business Development Manager at Social B. We are a digital marketing agency based here in Norwich. We have offices all over the country. Um, and my favourite phrase is, I don't know if you know, but I actually used to work in recruitment. And I tell, I tell colleagues, I tell clients, I tell the recruiters that call up with a fantastic candidate for me, I tell them really, really fast. Um, but what that means is, recruitment became part of my position quite quickly um, because it was what I knew more than anything else. And since I've been at Social B for three years, we've recruited 11 people, which seems like a lot. And those roles 
are as diverse as they possibly could be in a marketing agency. So marketing, digital, sales, accounts, uh, part-time, full-time, interns, um, but like I say, as diverse as you can get in that environment. Now, part of the reason that you get a lot of interest but not a lot of commitment is because places like Indeed, places like LinkedIn, make it really, really easy to apply for a job now. So it's almost bound to happen. People will just happy click apply to a lot of things um, without actually maybe even reading your job spec, which is really disappointing. So the main parts that I want to cover with you guys this evening is the job ad, which is essentially your Tinder profile the CV, which is their Tinder profile, um, and the interview, which is sort of like the first date, really. Um, and the reason I've chose those three categories is because those are the three things that we have torn apart and rebuilt in the last six months. All of those things we've really taken a thorough look at and built from ground zero. So, the job ad. This is actually a live job that we are recruiting for, carrying on that theme of people looking for uh, employees. Um, but one thing that we, as I said, rebuilt from ground zero was that job spec. So we got into a habit, which I think a lot of employees, uh, employers do, where you think, well, it's the same job, so we'll just put it online again and we'll see what happens, because it's easier. But actually, there are a lot of things that people will realise you're, you're doing that. Um, so from our perspective, the key don'ts were stating that you pay people the statutory minimum holiday, because you're basically just telling people that you don't break the law when it comes to paying people holiday. So you know we're, we're set from that perspective. Um, saying things like great wellbeing policy, because it's so trendy at the moment, to have a great wellbeing policy, but what exactly do you do for your employees and what do they love about that wellbeing policy? Um, saying no recruitment agencies, because they're going to call you anyway, they, they don't listen to that. <laughs> um, and also asking for people to be proficient in Microsoft Office. Everyone I know is now proficient in Microsoft Office and if you're employing into marketing or an agency or anywhere really, you do expect that to be the case. But how about we try instead what sets your agency apart? So what do you tell your prospective clients that you do better than the agency next door? What sets your organisation apart from your competitors? And put that front and centre of your job advert. So for us, uh, as an example, we work with some amazing, huge international clients and we now put that in the first sentence of our job ads because that's what sets us, sets us apart. And being based in Norwich, that's not always the case. Um, also, the essential skills that you need. So obviously, um, what do you want that person to do? It sounds obvious, but putting it really, really high up, um, we find is much, much easier. Um, the actual benefits. So to give you an example, we used to write on our um, job ads, regular nights out to let your hair down. We didn't do that. We, um, we preferred to have a beer at our desk at 4.30, have cake all the time, um, and have a lot of coffee as well. So we put that on the job ad now because there's no sense in telling people that you are always really leery and go out on a Tuesday, because we don't. Um, and finally, 
Instagram. So as much as you could be checking up on your candidate on social media, they will absolutely do the same to you. So does your Instagram match agency life? Are you showing people on social media in general what you're all about? But essentially, you're trying to build the dream team, aren't you? And someone very, very clever once told me that you shouldn't recruit another you and you shouldn't recruit someone that you could turn into you. You need to recruit someone that could be better than you in a certain thing. And one thing that we now do is we sit down as a team and we work out the gap when we're recruiting. So we work out what is the skill, what is the absolute thing that we need that person to do. And we put that in the job ad because showing someone that early on in the process that they could be the missing piece of the puzzle is so powerful. But essentially, put your best foot forward, but don't use a profile picture from 10 years ago. It's that balance between using the right lighting, but not pretending that you're 25 when you're 55. <laughs> okay, so the CV. Now, I don't know if you have all seen this, people that have been recruiting recently, but there seems to be a new normal format for a CV. So it's absolutely a PDF. It's maybe made in Photoshop. It's maybe made in InDesign, but it's quirky, it's colorful, it's graphics. There's obviously a picture on it. There's maybe a selfie on it. Um, and this is something that I have taken a long time to get used to. I really, really didn't like it to start with. I think the recruiter within me wanted to flick through it, wanted to edit it very quickly, um, wanted to add notes to it. Um, but like I say, I'm getting used to it. Um, but putting my recruiter hat on, these are the key things that I want to see from a CV. And they seem so obvious, but they are missed so often. The key achievements, what again, what sets you apart from the next CV that I'm going to read? Obviously, a career history. You'd, you'd be baffled the amount of times that we don't get a career history on a CV. Um, for us, we want to see specific campaigns and we want to see results. And for me, that works so well within the sales world and the marketing world. You want to know what they did and what effect that had. It's so simple. But instead, instead, <laughs> you get pictures. Now, I haven't taken these from CVs. I went to LinkedIn because I thought maybe you could know these people, but this is from LinkedIn. Um, I just don't understand who told these people, especially these last two, um, that that would be appropriate to use as their LinkedIn profile. But it really could be an awful Tinder profile that you that you, you know, faced with. And I don't understand how that came about. And similarly, we get this a lot. So my skill set in a pie chart, where, where did that come from? As if you would cut someone open and that would be what you would see inside them. So majority SEO, but a slice of strategy. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Don't know how I came up with that, but yep, that's me. But just to give you an example, that would be mine. So 50% sarcasm, a little bit of sales, but held together by dry shampoo. That would be, that would be me. <laughs> And similarly, we see this a lot. I don't know if anyone else sees this, but this sort of self-ranking within skills. Um, again, there's not a lot of method behind it, but this top person, their attention to detail, they're done. They have completed it. There's nothing left to do with that. And similarly, social media campaigns, they've just got one little notch, just one left, and then they'll have completed it. But obviously, 
where does that come from? Who, who took that poll? I, I don't understand. Uh, this is another one that we actually received really recently. So Photoshop advanced email marketing beginner, but WordPress illustrator uh, indeterminate, not exactly known nor established. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> that was really, really helpful. Um, but it's so subjective. Um, and to put an example from, I guess, my own life, it would be like singing karaoke, but you're four wines in. Now you think you're Macy Gray, but everyone else feels a little bit differently about it. But that's still on my CV. Karaoke, five points. Five out of five, that's it. <laughs> so how do you combat that? And to be honest with you, when I first started with the PDF CVs with the graphics, I did just ignore it, <laughs> which is not the best thing. Um, but I would ask them to send it in a, in a Word document. I found everything else distracting. Um, I just wanted the words, I wanted the facts. I didn't want the graphics or the pictures. Um, but essentially, what it does give you is talking points. It gives you very, very easy talking points. And it gives them an opportunity to prove why they've ranked themselves 100% in something. So, for example, tell me about your social media marketing experience, because that's the biggest on your pie chart. And how did you allocate those skills out within that pie chart? And you've got one left to go on your SEO, so what is that? What, what do we need to give you in order to be 100%? And what makes you an advanced Facebook user? Why did you rate that above Twitter, for example? But that brings us on to the interview. So there is an element from our perspective about testing. So for example, before someone comes to an interview, we set them a task, we set them a copywriting task with specific keywords that they need to put in it. Um, and we also set them a personality test before they arrive. And then once they're in the room, we set them a hands-on website audit. And none of these three things alone would make or break a situation. But what we now have is a situation where we, we pretty much know if we like them before they've even turned up. So unless they come in like a boiler suit, we know <laughs> pretty much that we like them. Um, and it also gives you a lot of the power, which I'll move on to. So another thing that we saw in our six months of struggling to recruit we we just went through th through some tough times in December and January with uh, candidates but one piece of advice for everyone here would be to prepare for flakes so we found at that time a 50% turn up rate to the interviews which is something I'd never ever saw in my recruitment days um, and really it goes back to the previous point of testing because you'd rather know if they're committed at that point so set tests, expect a lot, but also expect that people won't want to be interested. And then it seems so simple, but sell, sell, sell. <coughs> so in that interview, they're selling themselves, but you're selling the agency. Um, going back to that first date, it isn't just an interrogation. It can't be. It has to be from both sides. And then similarly, you have to pounce. You have to move really, really quickly. And it's something that we've learned to do. And the key things that allow you to do that are knowing that you like them before they've even turned up and having the conversations about salary. 
So what are you on now? What are you expecting? What's the notice? Will they hold you to the notice? You're preempting all of those questions even before you know whether you're going to offer it to them or not. So where do recruitment agencies sit in all of this? Well, recruitment agencies are basically your matchmaker. So if all else fails and you can't pick for yourself anymore, <laughs> you can go to a matchmaker um, and they will maybe come up with things that you haven't thought of before. Or maybe you don't have time to do it for yourself, so you can go to a recruitment agency. Now, I have tips for working with a recruiter, and this comes from being a recruiter, but also working client-side as well. So be as detailed as you can with your requirements. Give them an inside scoop, so not just the job ad, not just the job spec, but what's it actually like to be in the agency. Allow them to sell you as best as they can. Be open to changing the process. So if the standard process for you is that you do three face-to-face -face interviews with different people, one week each, and the recruiter tells you that doesn't work anymore, listen to them because they have their hand in every single day. You might only recruit every six months and it will be completely outdated. And also ask a lot of questions. So make sure that you're using them to their best ability. Um, if there's gaps in the CV, ask them. If you're worried about the salary, ask them. Use them because that's what they're being paid for. So, just to reiterate, the job ad. Um, what did we say about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, USPs front and centre, skills front and centre, and just be honest. Put your best foot forward, but be honest. So, what is agency life actually like? What is it like to work in your organisation? Um, and be specific where you can. So, what is it about the wellbeing policy that people really love? But only, only give them one thing. Um, the CV, how to tear it apart, not ignore it, not just ask for the Word document, but how to then take your talking points into your interview, which has to be a two-way sell. Just a little bit about the agency. So Social B are based in Norwich, but we have offices in Cambridge, Manchester, Birmingham, London. Um, we do the full service digital retained uh, services, but also social media and digital marketing training um, in the UK nationally and internationally as well. Um, and we are looking for a digital marketing exec. So if any of this um, sounded like fun, then please have a chat with me. Um, but just to bring it all back, I found this really, really comforting. And I wonder if some of you are here to just be comforted by the fact that other businesses have struggled to recruit. So 64% of businesses struggled in Q2. And that's from the British Chamber of Commerce that went round in an email very recently. Um, interestingly, Q1, it was even higher. It was 73%. Um, and I think we're all aware that there is a skills gap in Norfolk, specifically in digital, unfortunately. Um, but to bring it back to the Tinder analogy, it's a little bit like looking for a husband when everyone in the candidate pool is someone that you went to primary school with or your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me. I'm happy to take questions or have a chat afterwards, but thank you so much. Woo!